0: I just can't help but feel that this horse is going to thrive on the straight line track. And lastly, we're probably going to see Australia's best man. I just feel this horse is going to demolish this competition.
1: horse with a pride of Jenny up front. Who? There's a chance she might be flat feeted.
0: Well, I don't know anymore. Pride horses, <laughs> Mark Ham. I, I don't know, Ralphie. I, I will not. Th- this is like Waterhouse uh, 2.0. Jenny's starting to paddle. The 200 meters. She's a length
1: and a half in front of Alligator Blood, but she's fighting Pride of Jenny. She's still clear from Alligator Blood and Mr. Brightside. Pride of Jenny. This has been.
0: but a tissue no right this horse is coming right up to its top last start 2.4 above second best performance of the day and it's set to run to the 3.9 like I'll be shocked if that horse doesn't run somewhere very close to that if not that number. though. A tissue moves up to Zaghi, and then came Dewis, who's trying to come on. but a tissue sprints away. 100 metres to go. Two links in front of Zaghi. And then Dewis... What a tissue... Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rofi. Without a fight, up to absurd vow and declare, and Shiraz the bolter. It's without a fight, a hundred meters to go, two or three lengths in front, coming away from Shiraz and also Solgum. Without a fight,
1: Mark Zara. Yeah, American with a little boulter. bit of Rolling Stones street fighting, man, it was without a fights week in Melbourne Cup week, and uh of course. Yeah, a little bit of drop-ins too from Vince Cardi as we did our preview podcast Friday. Sensational way to finish Melbourne Cup week. It's year-round carnival and we're with Vince Cardi from Daily Sexual. Good morning, mate. Yes, good morning, Ralphie. How are you? I'm um, well, mate. I'll, I'll tell you what, so as the great Damien Oliver goes out, I reckon there's still going to be two more goats in Victorian racing. Matt Hill's called, We heard there, courtesy racing.com, and, uh, and of course, Liam O'Keefe, the curator, because we might have two of the greatest ever in a race caller, and the curator's still going around.
0: <laughs> well, we'll be going around for a long time. Both of them will be, actually. Absolutely. absolutely, still young hey, enough to have um, huge careers. They that could be going long after we're not here. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Fantastic
1: calling. It's a fantastic track preparation, as always, in Cup
0: Week. We were blessed with some weather and uh, really good racing throughout the week. Well, that's all we can ask for. And overall, performance-wise for the Carmel, it's been been a great year for me, for Carnival-wise anyway, like a, a lot more activity than what I normally have, particularly in this week. Usually have a little bit less activity. Because I just feel it's a lot harder, but but I don't know. Maybe they, the stars aligned, the tracks were good, and the horses were spread out between Melbourne and Sydney. It made life a bit easier in some ways.
1: <laughs> well, it's funny, isn't it? Because you know a lot of the talk about you know whether Sydney made Melbourne racing weaker. Well, look, it did quality wise, but I tell you what, from the uh, from our point of view, it actually made a lot of a lot of races a lot more appealing.
0: Yeah. I, so I, overall. There was a couple of thin days in terms of the horse were there, but, you know, we punted in all the races we wanted to We certainly did, and look. I'm going to kick off with
1: some members' questions from Saturday because of uh, because of a key run of events. But uh, yeah. just before we start uh, on that, just thanks so much to our customers who have been with us through the carnival. Uh, we're going to have a week off this week, but for our previews and also our members, uh, it's just uh, it's actually quite humbling the uh, the support that we get, Vince.
0: Ah, oh, it's fantastic. I mean, it's what makes it that much enjoyable. It keeps me as well, like tuned in and i and I like that because sometimes i can be a bit complacent as far as going well you know today if I, there's only one horse i like I, I won't go looking for another two or three bets i'll just stay out but knowing that there's work to do i go okay well if i'm going to do the working let's see if i can find my three or four bets and let's play and it's enjoyable and i'm I'm grateful because that's because we put these shows on and i want to do well as well for that
1: Absolutely. So the roll was out eight metres, as we discussed on Friday, eight metres means you're almost at the, uh, you're almost straight in the best lanes of the track. So you're going to get on pace edge and how, how actually did the track play?
0: Well, we did talk about that, didn't we, Ralphie? Well, I'm just looking at the scorecard. As you can see, two back markers for the whole day and they came out of race four, 2,600 metre Race and that horse was five lengths from the leader. And the other one was the 2000 meter race with a tissue, and that was six lengths, <laughs> six lengths from them. And that's in the back position. All the others were either on pace leading, and they were, are you ready for this, Ralph? Are they were all inside two lengths? There we go. So
1: here's a heap of them. <laughs> Every Sunday, I send out an email to our members and say, Do you want to ask Vince a question? Here we go. From Tom. Why, why did we not back the iron horse yesterday? Amazing insights from Vince, who were parting on Sunday when Pride and Jenny led all the way. Face farm yesterday when Vince had the same information. All part of the great game. Cheers, guys, from Scott. The big question yesterday, according to Vince, was who was the best mayor in Australia? I think we got the answer. But it's a Pride and Jenny rather than a pair of trees. Uh, I'll just get a couple more from Greg. Uh, great Carnival, thanks to you and Vince. I was on Pride of Jenny last week. I've not experienced a front-running ride conference for such a long time. Easy watch, easy money. I, like you, thought she couldn't do it two weeks in a row, but she did me out of the quaddie. I really like Fangirl, felt nothing out of pressure on Pride of Jenny, therefore stole the race. Would be interesting to hear Vince comparing last week to this week, Pride of Jenny. Again, thanks for such a great service. So that, that's really uh, so nice, uh, getting that that back and then from Breton, <laughs> great job. Did Pride of Jenny run flat and still win? Or she a genuine hot iron horse? Kudos to Vince for his confidence in her. Tissue got ten dollars best price. Well done. And from Adam, Pride of Jenny, another improving man, now. General and wait for age contender, or did just have the right setup. So let's start with a superstar, Pride of Jenny, because as as of this week, she's now a superstar. Wow,
0: well, it was phenomenal, right? I mean, that's that's the first thing. Let's have a look at that race pace, because that's the big thing, isn't it? This is like as a couple of the questions that came through. The, the pace of the race dictates so many things. And I guess this is not, not going to be any different, Ralphie, when you look at it from this perspective, the pace. Oh, goodness me. Where are we here? I'm just looking here. 8.9. 8.9. There you go. <laughs> that's still – that's pretty solid, Ralphie. But it's <laughs> – well, for this horse, is probably well off. But 8.9 versus 15.6 the start before and 9.3 the start before that. So the slowest of the last three runs, but hectic nevertheless, Ralphie. And yes, there was going to always be that edge. And look, the mid-race was like so powerful as well. It was plus four point one. I just feel the ride, if you can believe it, Ralph, it was better than the start before. Yes, I mean saving that f- five, five, six lengths, and that's probably enough for a horse like this. As it turns out, I mean I'm learning as I go about what do you, how do you deal with a horse like this, right? Yeah, and it's because we don't see him that often. They come well, they come once every. X amount of years, really. And I looked at the mid-race compared to the last start, or actually to the last two starts. It was three to four lengths less. And here we are, that big difference in the mid-race. I actually feel that won the horse the race. And, of course, the last 400 metres, it didn't slow as much. So it could be argued in some ways that this horse got stronger overall.
1: I was talking to a fellow on Saturday who's connected, and, and we mentioned about the great Darren Gouchy. uh d- teaches these uh, apprentices. Uh, I would reckon D, d- Gouchy would have been pretty happy with what the d- Bates bid did, because as you were explaining, he didn't slow. He just, it was just as gradual a deterioration as he could possibly do. But he was still going fast between the eight hundred and four hundreds. So that meant everything behind him. They were tired chasing him.
0: Yes. And then the horses improved on that last start performance, and the intel sort of indicates that from an overall perspective, we ended up with a plus 4.6, but slightly down on an absolute best of 5.1. And of course, the big question was, could even that horse get there again? But my view was, even if the horse got to 5.1, it was probably just on that bottom end of the rung to compete with a couple of others. But (sighs) there was always this little bit of a challenge, Brightside, I knew Brightside wasn't going to be exactly the same horse numbers-wise, right? Yep. Like another new P. It wasn't, PB wasn't going to happen. I was happy to take on Alligator Blood. I mean, Brightside ended up with uh, 3.8 above. Alligator Blood ended up with 2.5. Fanguel 2.4. Sorry to say, Ralphie, just straight out business, no good to ride. Definitely no good. Now, when I say no good to ride. Yep. There was one little thing. Now, I don't know if everyone was listening to the TV or not, but you know, I'm not a giant fan of Michelle Payne, right? Yep. But I'd been listening to, you know, because I like to take an interest in the yard comments. Yep. She made a really vital communication about Fangirl, which I go, oh, wow. Said, this horse is uh, walking around stiff. Right. This is in the yard where they're mounting up, that's – now, to be walking around stiff, usually what happens, a lot of horses have a stack of walking in the other ring, and they and you'll see – you, like, I haven't been for years to the track, but when I used to go and I used to just dedicate myself to watching in the yard, I'd be at the backyard, and some horse would be walking around for two, three hours, and right. then they'll come into the main ring when their race is up, comes up, and this is part of warming them up. So she made that a very clear comment. The horse is walking around very stiff. Now she would know that from a rider. So I respected that immediately, right? I go, Oh, and then she finished off her commentary by saying, Well, I guess though the horse will probably warm up. When you now look at the way she ran, she ran stiff through in through the first section. And this is why I'm saying, you know, the ride, right? Minus one point two. Was it the horse or was it him? This is J Mac, right? Who was it? 1.2 below benchmark, too far back. Well, as
1: soon as the, the, the concede at the start, and, and this is – so it's widest of seven. So what are you saying? He, he probably should have just said, I've got, to, I've got to get closer.
0: Absolutely. He should never have been behind Inevitable or yep. Banker's, cho- Banker's Choice. Those two horses, he had to be in front of them too, right? Yeah. I'm not saying he had to be in front of Brightside, but he definitely had to be in front of those two horses, right? That's two lengths, Ralphie. Yep. Now, look look what happens. The horse then warms up, obviously, right? Yep. To an extent. 7.3 above the benchmark between the 8 and the 4, trying to make up all the ground, and you can see the squeeze. It's an 8.5 length squeeze versus – forget about the winner. Let's look at all the others, right? Most importantly, the one I was most critical on was to say, okay, I'm going to compare you to Brightside. That mid-race squeeze was only 3.7.
1: Yeah, so, so for people uh, trying to take take this in, what you're saying is nearly five lengths faster from the 800 to 400 on a matchup fangirl versus Mr. Brightside.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's me, too much. Yeah, now me being, you know, who I am, right? Yep. I only, you know, I'm. don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting here saying I want the winner, right? Yep. I'm just sitting here saying, run third. <laughs> that's all, because that's the difference between getting paid and worn not, right? Yeah. And I didn't get paid, right? And I just sit back and, and I didn't know right in that moment exactly all the pieces. It did cross my mind about cutting my bet down after listening to Michelle Payne, but I decided not to, right? Yep. And I'm looking at it and say, okay, where was the fault? And then I look at the horse's profile and say, okay, what's that all mean for this horse when you have that sort of, that sort of setup? Maybe the horse is going as fast as it can, it can go and – this is the issue. But there I found a race at Rose Hill where the horse ran second and was going half length above benchmark in recent times. And then we all know, like, when it was at Moonee Valley, it obviously was out the back going 5.6 lengths below benchmark, but the horse was absolutely cruising, right, and yeah. had just electric last two sections. And then there was always this little bit of a challenge, how much of it also equals... That energy lost coming into the the big race, where I was sort of reasonably confident the bright side and out of, gate of blood weren't going to have it. That energy that you need, although, but that being the case, I still did still have an expectation personally that they're probably going to run fours and they're still you know going to make it competitive.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, look, I'll I'll say this the right way because I obviously focus completely on Melbourne and then do Sizzlers as a top-up. Chris Waller's stats on horses, because he only just made me think of it. So Chris Waller's stats on horses deep in the market in Melbourne is not strong. And I don't know if it's got anything to do with it whatsoever. It might have nothing to do with it. And then of course we're about to get to a tissue when, when he won the big race and he won the Derby, etc., etc. So I'm not knocking it per se, but it's interesting. If, if that's, if that is a factor about the walking stiff, that, uh, that, you know, maybe, maybe that had something to do with it, but it's, it's, it's tapered since it's been in
0: Melbourne. Well, Ralphie, uh, like I said about Michelle Payne, she definitely knows about horses. Absolutely. And she just came bang. And, like, it's, she, and it's interesting with her when you listen to her versus many others that do the, the parade work, you know, like the true way to do parade work is not off the form guide. The proper way to do it, and this is why Jenny Chapman, Chapman yeah. is so good. you got to do it off the yard, right? Not yep. the form. And she, yeah, she wasn't doing any form. She just does it strictly off the yard, what she sees with her eyes. That's what I liked about her, that she's just going to give a candid opinion. Sometimes you'd like more detail, right? Yep. But just maybe that's not in her nature. Or she doesn't have enough ex- exposure and experience in doing that role. Right to you know express more out, but she's just very candid and just calls everything as she sees it, and at least you've got an honest appraisal about someone that does understand horses at least
1: uh alistair's added and this is a a, a nice layer for this uh for this week uh did any of those wait for age stars alligator Brightside, zaki west wind blows run anywhere near their best on sunday frankly champions day is more like i've had enough day i recall clearly last year animo prayed like a horse that was over the top and ran accordingly lastly i didn't back up on jenny and i'm not proud of that thanks for all your work boys so that that's the other layer to put on this uh on this week vince and probably to add to it uh you know horses post everest that um it's very hard to once once you've targeted a race and you've had your grand final to go again.
0: It, it is. And so now we, we flipped the coin. Yes, Brightside ran realistically a genuine 1. 1.2, 1. 1.4 below. Yep. He's that, level. That's, yeah, that's about right. About yep. right. I usually say come off about two. So that's Alligator Blood, genuine couple off. Yep. No surprise. And we can now say the same for Fangirl, right? Uh, inevitable didn't turn up, so I'm glad I never went that way in the end, right? Because yep. I was I was always in that pocket. Uh, Victory Road. Well, it was interesting. There was a bit of communication about that horse as well, parading in, and it wasn't it wasn't you know like really positive, but uh, maybe it's a horse that doesn't like the sheer fact that you've got to run fast, right? <laughs> uh, and and this this is a challenge, right? Maybe they need see maybe maybe if this horse stayed here. Well, it's As going it's, to do now. So it's I now with May Eustace. This, this okay. is the interesting part. Well, this is it, right? Yep. You get a season. You... I was talking to someone last week, Ralphie, and they were talking about like they had to, you know, the tactics was that the stable was going to push the horse forward in a, in a particular race, right? And the horse usually, from a speed point of view, has like a, you know, big negative figures, right? you know, well below benchmark, but because the track was so biased to leading, the instructions were to go forward. And the person obviously communicated to the team that that isn't going to be a prudent move because you're going to probably bust your horse open. Yep. So they did that anyway, and it did bust the horse open. And, of course, I only knew about this after the event. I didn't know anything about it before the event because we're talking post-race discussion, right? Yep. And um, we just went, and I said, well, you know the story. You can uh, go fast early if you want, but if your horse never done that, you have to train him to do that. and It takes like a season to get him to be able to do that. We've seen it, Ralphie. We have seen it. I yep. think the first time we really said it, was it Faulkner when it reversed the speed? Like that was going in the opposite direction, right? Yeah. So it used to be a very fast on pace horse, and then they got it to settle going a loss. So either way. Yeah. Yep. You need time. So this horse is most of its races are a lot slower in nature, and here it is like it's had to go three and a half above benchmark first section, four point five above in the mid section, and then just blew up completely. That didn't blow up like a sore horse. It blew up because it just couldn't cope and the anaerobic and the aerobic thresholds that's required. It just couldn't just couldn't handle it. So in the future, this could be a very different horse now that you're telling me that. And the last thing I want to comment on is mustn't forget unbelievable training by, from the Eustace team you know they deserve all the credit because they understood progeny super well on a 7 day backup big risk they knew what they were doing
1: that's most the biggest takeaway out of the week i reckon yep. cuz the, the one thing with this Cape Vids, you learn a hard way don't you
0: yeah and you 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 know like in our podcast I was never going to say the horse couldn't do it. Yep. Because I've, I've got so much respect for the stable, right? Yes. Now why are they doing this? Now on, on many they didn't have the best of carnivals, right? So they got they got a lot of things wrong in the end, right? But well, they well, certainly well, the old didn't old get trip, this yeah. yeah they yeah well, they certainly didn't get this one wrong.
1: Yep, absolutely. And they
0: got a horse that's now has to be respected. You're in the fives group. And you, you performed the 4.6. means, you, hello, you're here.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Gee, they're going to have some fun with this horse now. They're going to be happy. Um, right. The straight race imperatriz wins, and it's just beaten by notches My automatic instinct was she's just a bit below her best there because I was not saying that I think as, as good on the Bioners notches team, he's not her. So what's the data set?
0: Okay. Yeah, there's a couple of nice uh, insights on this one as well, right, which which is good. I I like it when I can see several things. So the first thing is we look at the performance overall. It was pretty strong, 4.3 above. Second best performance of the day though, Ralphie, right? of Jenny was better. (laughs) Unbelievable. I didn't really feel I'd be saying that, but that's exactly what's happened. Bonus Notches has absolutely risen. To a four. Now, this horse, I did go looking for this horse. We talked about it in the podcast, but I said, no, I'm not going to improve enough, right? Just not going to improve enough to get there because I had an expectation that the minimum line would be plus five, right? Yep. I said, just not going to get there, but plus four, superb, right? Now, here's the interesting thing. Number one, Imperatrice going plus four first section with those conditions. Star Patrol three point eight above gets smashed. <laughs> out now, the back. <laughs> yeah, did something happen to that horse? Because I don't know. Right. I didn't read any stewards' reports uh, or anything like I
1: that. I saw Ben post race. I don't think he said there was anything wrong, but
0: he said it wasn't him. But yeah, he didn't
1: say there was anything specifically wrong.
0: Front page five point one gets smashed. So out of the top three speed horses, this horse beat the rest. Those two horses by five or more lengths so that's the first critical sign now you have a look at the second section in the mid-race yes the horse is only going 0.2 above but the field speed average right is only 0.9 above so all these other horses that are building into the race haven't done anywhere near the same work and been protected to some extent up the straight, right, from the wind because it was coming across from the inside across, right, have pretty much been able to save all this energy and now building their races. And then I looked at Imperatriz's last 400 metres of minus 2.2 and it's really weird. Only four other horses could out sprinter over the last four hundred meters when this horse has done at least six lengths more than those horses through the first half of the race. So overall when I look at the score, four point three, I have no doubt if it was Crawford might have been very different game, Ralphie. It
1: might have very been a space. Di-
0: yeah, it may have been. Yeah. Now the four point three, yeah, you know, it is down. So that brought me to the last thought. Even I even though I've made all these communications about the horses um, is the horse as good at twelve hundred as it is a thousand? I, I I sit here and say, not sure, not sure. Right, is it as good? Because, okay, you've come off your line. I can factor in some. Margin for that, but you didn't get to the 6.4 because I really was hoping for that, Ralphie. Personally, I wanted to see this horse end up with a figure that was six or greater, which would be fantastic, right? I mean, it still doesn't make you any black caviar plus 12 horse, right? Let's just remember that black caviar would (laughs) beat that by the straight. You know, like I I like to always bring that home because it's very important, right? And it just. how does it put you compared to all the other 1,200-metre horses that go around? Well, if you had have gotten the sixes, I'd say, yeah, you're probably top two, top three sprinter in the land regardless, right? But I'm not sure about that because you've ended up in the fours and you, you, your number one figure is still coming from Mooney Valley and that was 5.7. And probably that that may have been the best horse could go right now. But it's a mare and we know what happens with mares. They keep improving, right?
1: We, we've, got, uh, we've got prep to prep... Uh uh comparison and track and distance comparison within yes. secret that explosion wasn't there in the mid-race and that reflect uh, compared to the new market of course yes and that, that i would say that uh, that can comfortably come come down to her grand final was the everest
0: yes very much so absolutely
1: uh espiona she's a beauty but uh, as we've communicated all the time at 1200 she's a two and a half sort of horse but at 1400 that's her best
0: yeah and I'm not, not saying the horse can't run dynamically at 1,200 metres. This is, again, my view, just sometimes when stables get things wrong. Yep. And I just feel that they they went about it the wrong way in the end, going, have another crack at the Everson. This, this is the lure of money. It makes you change your thinking process. No doubt. Maybe if, yeah, maybe if you didn't go for that race and was kept fresh for this, could have been a different game.
1: Uh, that, that's what I want to underline. So if, if it's fresh, it doesn't mean it can't, it can't run a big 1,200 figure, but it's not fresh. <laughs> but And speaking of which, Bellini Patina, hmm. We're going to be doing Perth vids. Best last 800, 600, 400, 200 the day off a quick backup.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it was great.
1: Yep. Um,
0: but well, I don't know who's going over to Perth. Do you know who's going over out of our... Short
1: course horses? Uh, not at the moment, but right. the, the point being, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be starting our preview podcast. We're Absolutely. going to do three or four weeks of Perth, and and uh, we'll be we're about to start deep diving into the Perth form, including I'm going to do Perth Sizzlers, and we'll start it from last week, so that way I can get my head right around the Perth form. That's the main reason I do it, so that when we start our podcast, we can identify the big winners again.
0: Absolutely, I mean, we'll, we're in the same boat. We'll be starting at least final auditions this week. But the reality is, those four weeks after the first round, they're just sensational.
1: Beautiful. All right, and uh, and the the old McKinnon, I think it's called the Champions Two Thousand, whatever it is called now. In the end, it was called Opportunity Vids because of tissue and t- talk about trader and, and, and stable here. Uh, Waller and um, Waller and McDonald got this horse to peak uh, both with uh, uh, conditioning wise and a beautiful ride.
0: Yes, well, this was one of probably three horses that made made put smiles because I had a couple of, you know, sizzling flops, you know, in terms of results in, in your pocket. But this certainly wasn't one of them, and I was very, very confident that we were going to see that. And we did. Half-length below benchmark first section. Beaut- see, this excellent. Love that, right? Yeah. And lead speed, 2,000 metres, west-wind blows. We talked about it. I mean, I don't know exactly what happened with that horse in the marketing. Did it get a big drifts or not?
1: West no, Christmas. no, not overly. It, um, oh. it, it was just, it was just an opportunity to
0: <laughs> early Christmas for all the bookmakers. I'm sure the bookmakers seen what I seen, and it was like, Ralphie. Someone rang me and asked me, you know, genuinely, if you had to score what you might said. said, right now, ten to one, I wouldn't take your money. I wouldn't, I not want it, and that's, and I'm saying to you tens because I, I, I actually, maybe if it was a hundred to one, I'd say, look, I'll give you one dollar, <laughs> just because I don't want to look like a dickhead, right? $1 I'll give you, right? Just to say, because, you know, that, that's pretty foolish. It was right? hard in the
1: market
0: at $2.80, Vince. Yeah, but that's a buck, right? Yeah. $1, right? Oh, that's yeah. all I'd risk. <laughs> Not a penny more than that. I, I do like my money, Ralphie, you right? That's it. I actually love my money, right? But that's the reality. A tissue, on the other hand, and do as... I always felt that was going to be the battle, but wow! What... Did you see the ride, though? I mean, I was sitting back here saying, yeah, it was unbelievable. The squeeze in the mid-race was sensational. And that actually affected a number of horses, but it didn't affect this horse. It was hard proper in the lanes. And then, yes, everybody deteriorated over the last two and 400 hundred metres, as you would expect, especially when you get a big mid-race squeeze. And it does make it hard when the squeeze comes on in the mid-race when you're a certain margin off that lead pack, if you can do it. And for a moment there, when you could see really a tissue started to really grind into into it, maybe that first five or six steps, I wasn't 100% sure when it got, but then you actually could see the ferocity in the horse. And And why I'm pointing that out is that franks the whole profile about that horse coming to its peak into this run or when I say it's peak, who knows, maybe it's got more, but first time at 2,000, 2.8 overall, six best performance of the day and did have a gap on the rest of the field.
1: Uh, so last year in this right ra- in this meeting, but it was in the, the matriarch tissue once, the so same track, same distance, same meeting, three point nine. But I'm just looking at the comparison mm-hmm. there. That was a brutal speed, and yeah. uh, and she had to go significantly fast really, and only needed to maintain in the mid-race, and that was the difference. So here she's had to try and improve in the mid-race. And actually she was she was probably the least tired late, but she still staggered home with the forty-fifth best last 100 of the day. But everything else was spent after overdoing it up front.
0: Yes, and that's so so true, Ralphie, and I'm just sort of thinking about the comment that you said from one of our listeners, and I personally didn't think of that about that this is um, like at the carnival where all these horses at the end of their preparations, and yeah, a lot of horses are tied. Absolutely, and that's how ev- how evident yeah. is it.
1: Uh, yep, filter in the fresh ones. Because, I mean, are, for instance, you know, all ridden are the absolute peach, 0.8 length above. Well, that's three lengths below her
0: best. Yep, yep, yeah, uh, absolutely. And, I mean, Zark is probably another comparison even though we know where Zark but Zark is quite capable of running plus three.
1: I'm just laughing because uh, JB Carr was being very... Uh, 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 she was saying the words the right way, but I think she was quite annoyed by the ride of JB Spencer on West Wind Blows up front, just yep. fast and slow and inside and outside. I don't think that helped Saki's rhythm, is what she was saying.
0: Oh, and and for sure, because the, the game plan would have been to go forward and run it, run to the speed, right? Yep. And, and she's back in
1: town, by the way, Vince.
0: What's back in town? Jamie Carr. Has she oh, got her bad. mojo yeah. back. <laughs> I hope she's going over to Western Strikers. We might make some money out of it. <laughs> that's it. I mean, that's what we've got to look at, right? <laughs> exactly. We exactly. want all the good riders to be there to help us to, to be on certain horses so we can make money. <laughs>
1: All right. well we could do two hours today but we're not yep. so let's uh, we, we, we'll leave the Flemington card there we've got a uh, there's a little bit of gold at Rose Hill and we'll save that as a as a bonus podcast for our group one members yes now every week we uh, we try our best to get some good Intel for our group one members and this is what you said about uh, Zo this time last week as a bonus for our group one members
0: when I look at Zardosi. It was actually a lot of merit in the run, Ralphie. I mean, firstly, both horses broke benchmark. This is the winner and the second horse. But you look at the breakdown, three lengths above benchmark first section, beautifully positioned. That's optimum speed without being gut busted leading into a Thursday. Between the 8 and the 400, it wasn't a titanic drop in speed. It was a 0.1 above, so just nice extension around three lengths drop off. Last 400, you expect it, but it wasn't monumental. It was only 4.3 lengths below benchmark. In other words, the horse held its line so well over the last 400 metres. In fact, I thought the horse was rebounding over the last 200 metres because it actually improved itself by about 0.4, giving a real big signal. I haven't seen the field yet or anything like that or looked at markets, but purely off this piece of work, this horse would start even money.
1: That's what we wanted to see for uh, for our people. So it's at four dollars. Currently, it's four dollars, and they'll, let, they'll definitely let you get the place on side. So that's a that's, that's a great little opportunity there. I do think the money will come for it uh, under this type of profile. So uh, there's usually not much early value, as we often say. They 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 got the bank robbers on the bookmakers, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the market comes for this for four dollars. Anyway, time will tell. And Vince, that was a little gift. It was $4 at the time. You said it should be even money. And Zardozi won the Oaks like it should be even money.
0: <laughs> oh, Ralphie. That was picking up money off the floor, wasn't it? <laughs> it was I don't awesome. usually go out to the midweekers, but I, I went working for that one. <laughs> Just couldn't resist it? Well, it was impossible. I, yeah. I knew it like when I looked at that last run. I said, absolutely. It, when you have a lot of practice, sometimes if you can – and this is the hard part. You know, the mind's working, the internal voices, all those stories that everybody has, right? Yep. And you're doing the form. And you, we, you, we know we talk about procrastination, right? But if you're in tune with yourself and you're in tune with the game, you just know instinctively when you see a winning performance. It's like a barrier drive. You just, like, because I've done many, you just know. And they just always run giant, right? Yes. They rarely disappoint you unless they break down. Although you know they have something really bad happen, generally speaking, you won't get them wrong. And that was one horse, and I just said, "Oh, look! If this is a price, I'm there."
1: There's actually, a, if people are interested in the psychology of what you just touched on, there's a book called Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, who's won a, a Nobel Prize for uh, uh, psychology, and uh, and basically he's just saying that you know, in, intuition with people who are completely immersed in the subject they talk about is very, very important, and sometimes you don't need study if you've if you've done that many hours or that many days, weeks, months, years, you don't need to overly study it; you just know,
0: and. And that's why it's really hard. It's like when you say sometimes about horses, that's that X factor. You just don't know. How how is it that they do it, right? It's not showing up every but they do it, right? They just rise and rise and rise, right? And this is the same. It's just, yeah, if you're tuned in, and I I can say, like, I I can genuinely say, I know when I'm tuned in. I actually know. Yeah. So Zardozi,
1: point four above. That's basically very similar to what the boys did in the Derby, and you said that it was a very strong Derby. Oh, they're going to have some fun with this filly.
0: This is very, very talented horse. Very, very talented horse. There's not. It's not possible. We haven't seen the best of it. Not possible. <laughs>
1: All right, exciting what the uh, what the Cummings yard got there. And, and it'll be interesting, actually, which way they go. Maybe they just take the money off from the ground and go for the AJC Oaks and Storm Queen and all that and then target the, the spring next year. So that's the great thing about the Phillies is they don't go to stud until they've uh, won lots of money. So see I'm what up. happens there. And then finally, with the uh, Melbourne Cup, we'll talk about nailing the brief and talk about, uh, you know, the great stables and great jockeys. They they, they peak on the big day and uh, did, uh, I reckon, Anthony Freeman knows what he's doing, and Mark Zara, what a ride-on without a fight.
0: Yes, yes. Well, first we've got to start with the favourite. We did make that communication. Right.
1: Well, actually, so I've, I've pulled out the grab. So this is the, this is our chat uh, about Vauban again for our members uh, last week.
0: Well, it's like this. You've got the clear-cut favourite, Verban right? And yep. there is one performance there where it's a there's a plus six. So yep. if I look at it through that lens... I would say, yep, got it, makes sense. But that's only one run, and here's the challenge, and I've always found this a problem. When there's big winning margins, and this is why the horse ended up with a plus six, the critiquing of, you know, a crystal clear number is very complex. And then if I look at the wrap around around it, obviously a whole bunch of hurdle races, right? Yep. The horse is a a two-and-a-half to three-and-a-half horse, right? That's what it really is. So, Vince,
1: as so we're not talking after the race, you're talking before the race and what you said about Vauban.
0: Yeah, well, I just felt that you've got that one run and what the whole scenario was and what the challenges around that and where the horse really sat if you just isolated that, right, to a certain extent, even though you don't have to isolate it, right? You can still bring it into the mix. You've just got to sit back and say, okay, what's the real probability of running to that high extended performance or not?
1: So, so when you – sorry about it, but when you said that, you know what it reminded me of? Zaki. That, mm-hmm. that and Cup, when it bolted in, it was a big margin. Uh, it, it was phenomenal performance, but you, it, that's been its outlier its whole career. It's been a plus four horse, but that day did a plus eight.
0: Yes, and this is it, right? And, of course, there was probably the one other uh, caveat, and we didn't talk about it in that grab. I don't – you know. No. I, I know I was talking about it in the end, right, was the – that trial, that it had that jump out at Flemington. <laughs> I know everybody was talking about wow, 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 right? But you know what the wow, wow, wow's mean too, don't you? <laughs> Left it there? Well, there's a big chance you do, right? <laughs> so did you hear what Mick Price said about it? No, what did Mick Price say about it? So again, we're talking
1: about, you know, people who know their craft and have just been immersed in it. is someone who's who's been doing it now for 30 years or 40 years or whatever. He said, I got tired watching it. <laughs> so he said, well, they've done some work with it. Now, he's just sitting there watching a cup of coffee, right? Yep. So if he said that, that told you that he thought, hang on, boys, what are you doing? <laughs> Let's leave some for race day.
0: Yeah. And this is why, Ralphie, when we sent out the Melbourne Cup report, because yep. that's the only time I put a market in, right? Yep. We clearly marked it third, and we marked it like seven, eight bucks because we knew in turn it don't touch it. Right? <laughs> exactly. It's, it was all about like if you're going to – one out, you're going either with two. There's two horses you're going to be focusing on without a fight. goal trip. That's, that's That's where the game was going to always be, you know, internally from our end, right? Yeah. We weren't ever going anywhere else. And oh, is this one of the greatest rides? It's, it's definitely one of the greatest rides I've ever seen. I actually have to go back and say, the only time I've probably seen someone ride better than that, I have to go to Harry White. And that's a long, long time ago. And I was only a young guy We was really still was trying to learn. I was probably still in nappies trying to work him out, right? Yeah. no, It wasn't in nappies, literally, but I was still a young guy, not really knowing. But I would be in awe of the horse and the ride because how can they uh, do things that are impossible, right? Yep. And this ride, first section, the steel on the guy, 5.9 links below benchmark. Now, the lead speed's 4.3 serpentine, right? Yep. That next gap, 2.6, there it is. That's the next horse. Was he probably taking his line to the next layer when it was like uh, uh, and Declare around that half above benchmark? I was feeling that's where he took his line Yep. off that horse. But he was like right on the edge of winning, not being able to win. The move in the mid-race only going plus one. Now, a number of horses had to put big moves in that mid-race, and then he left it all for the last 400, and it was explosive. Plus four, or should I say the last 200, plus 3.5. Been absolutely sensational, right? Yeah.
1: So your point was, uh, with without a fight, this is what you said actually in the preview podcast, we're not going to play it, but you actually said this, was I don't think he'll improve from Caulfield, but he'll maintain from Caulfield. So what do you do at Caulfield? 3.8. What Best. did he do on Saturday, on Tuesday? 3.9 or,
0: th- or 4. <laughs> 3.9. Right. Yeah. He's matched it. Yep. Yeah, he, he matched, matched it. it. Yep. I, of course, I don't really have any knowing of that. Again, it's just coming back down to saying, okay, this is where the horse at." You tie in the numbers, you tie in the vision and say, bang. This horse just rolls out and runs to that number. This is it. This is where we're at. And that's the race. Who can beat that score? Yeah. Who can beat the score wins the game. Because really, when it, when you think about it all, and this is what I love, you can't take yourself too seriously, right? It's just everything is a game. Life is a game. I, I my whole life, Ralphie. This is why my wife freaks out about me sometimes. She goes, "I can't handle it, right? Come after grandkids. So I play with the kids, right, and be them, right? Because it's a game. Everything's a game. The whole game of life. That's all it is. And if you, if you think that way, it's usually not too bad. Absolutely. So. Um
1: 3.8 in, in staying races. He showed some phenomenal closing speed in Brisbane and next uh, year, uh, he's another year in, this, in the Freeman system. I just want to spit bull here. Is there any chance he could do the Might and Power and win a Cox Plate next year? Go Caulfield Cup, Melbourne Cup, Cox Plate. If he was trained for it. So this is right. This is, so, trained, so from the time he comes okay. into the yard, they go, right, Cox
0: Plate, Grand Final. See, it's one of these things, Ralphie. Yep. Because you know Cox Plate, when all things are right, you need sevens. A plus seven or high. That's what you need, right? Yep. And I just know on average, that's the starting lineup. So you, firstly you'd have to have a below average, even if this horse improved, right? So we can one with five and a half. Yeah so, yeah. so let's say we get to five and a half. That's like that's the bottom end of the scale, Ralphie. Yep. And I don't know, is it going to improve one and a half where it's at? I'm not saying it can't, right? But that would be like a big stress. Like, I wouldn't probably put that on my graph. I might put five, yep. right? So then you've got to ask yourself, okay, is this the year? Or we're going to have, like, we tip – well, where will the Cox Plate be? Yeah, I think it's one more year at Mooney Valley. I think it's one more. Oh, it's one, another year. At, oh, another year. Oh, they got we've got another year. Oh, jeez, I hope they can get that track right, Ralphie. <laughs> Another year. I thought it was over now. Another year. No, oh my I think it's goodness! Another year. They better spend some money. You know, don't <laughs> worry about pulling it up. So at least spend some money and have it. You know, good and proper for the next season. That's it, that's it.
1: All right, um, that, that's our deep dive on the, on the five group ones over the last five days. Congratulations to everyone uh, involved in the industry, the hands-on participants, the uh, respect the, for the show you put on is absolutely immense, including, of course, Liam O'Keefe, for what he does with that track. So in the meantime, thank you for listening to Year Round Carnival. Our members bonus, we've got a couple of little nuggets, including I want to ask Vince about Schwartz on Saturday. So, If you're a group one member, you'll get the bonus podcast featuring Schwartz and then just a couple of little nuggets from Rose Hill.